0: This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. We've covered small cap value stocks many times on this podcast. Why have we covered them so many times? Because historically, they've been the best performers. Yes, even better than the large caps. It's hard to believe, given the last few years and what's gone on with the large caps, but historically, the small cap value has outperformed. But how bad has it been? Well, I hate recapping how bad <laughs> how bad we've been performing as value investors, but um, I thought I'd take a look. And I took a look first just at the small caps, and I use S&P 600 here. And over the last two years, the S&P 600, which is all the small caps, is up 10.3%. And that is versus the S&P 500, which is the large caps, that's up 16.7. So that's not so bad. It's underperforming still the small versus the large, as we all know. But it wasn't like total devastation. Although if you looked at the NASDAQ, because I did add that one in and decided, well, maybe I'll just check and see on the NASDAQ. I really shouldn't have, but I did. And that is up 27.3% in the same period. So that is pretty much a crushing compared to the NASDAQ, which has a lot of those big cap fangs leading the charge over there. So just in general, small caps um, are up over the last two years, but not great. And then I looked at the value. I knew it would be worse, and it is. So S&P 600 value, and I looked at the ETF here, S-L-Y-V, as in Victor, is the ticker. If you want just the S&P 600 small caps, it's S-L-Y with nothing else. So S-L-Y-V, easy to remember. That's up only 25 percent over the last two years. Basically, I wrote in my notes here, awful. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. The growth uh, side of the equation, S-L-Y-G, is up 12.6. Um, you had to know that because then the overall one is 10.3. That's still underperforming, just even the S&P 500, but at least it's you know more in the ballpark there. Then I took a look at the five years. So going out a little bit further, S-L-Y-V, again, the small cap value up just 18% over the last five years. It's pretty much getting its uh, shellacking here. S&P 500 up 49.5, so almost 50% on S&P. And the triple Qs, the NASDAQ, up 73.9 in that time period. So... Um, you can see where all the fun has been happening over the last couple of years, and it's been hard to be a value investor for sure. But I thought on this show, I wouldn't take a look at just small cap value again. I'd look at micro caps because we've never covered that. And I was like, meh, wonder what's happening in the super small value category if all of the value is getting this beat, or, beat up. Um, the super small might be a lot of deals in those really Really small micro cap type stocks. It's hard to find those, uh, especially using the Zacks Rank. But if we have this big underperformance just in general with value, then it could could be some hidden deals in there. So I of course wanted to screen for this. And what I did was it's a little bit tricky, like I said, to find the micro caps because I am going to include the Zacks Rank in there. And that means you have to have at least one analyst with an estimate on it and they don't cover those microcaps as often. They do cover some of them, but not as many. So that's going to limit our universe right there. And then I I looked for market cap under 500 million. I know some of you might be like, "Oh, Tracy, that's not microcap. Microcap is under 250 or whatever your metric is." I I went with 500 this time because while um, that's still really small, it's going to include I needed to get more companies in there because of that rank issue. And once you start getting down to 200, 250 million in the market cap, there's going to be a lot fewer companies that are actually covered by the analysts. So I went with 500. I thought I'd see where we got with that. And then I went with ranks of one or two, which is the strong buys and the buys, And I thought, oh, if I don't get enough with this, I can always adjust it to the threes, which are the holds, but I'd rather have the ones or the twos. So I kept that in there at first. Then for my valuation, for the value component, for the cheapness, I went with the PEG, not just the PE, because I feel like if I'm going to go for these cheap stocks. I want to get some growth in there. That's the whole point of small caps and why small cap value has outperformed, not just small cap growth, but small cap value because they're cheap and usually you do get a growth component in there. So I went with the peg under one, which would give me um, you know, the combination of both value and growth. And when I ran the screen as it was, I only got 12 stocks. So that's pretty small in our big universe there of stocks that we covered. And I thought, well, let me just check on these. You know, Can I find five out of the 12? And surprisingly, I did. So I did not rerun the screen. I didn't change any of the parameters here. I kept it as it is. And I got some interesting choices. So some of these I've covered once or twice here on prior podcasts. They're showing up again because they're still really cheap and they're still small. But um, some of them, I don't don't know if you've heard of them because I haven't. So let's get right into what these stocks are because there's some interesting choices. So the first one is a bank and we can't be surprised that there are still some cheap, smaller cap banks out there. There weren't that many actually out of the 12, but this was one on there. So Atlantic Capital Bank Shares is the name. ACBI is the ticker. It has a market cap of 477000000 million. They're headquartered in Atlanta. They have $2.9 billion in assets, so pretty small. But I like the Atlanta uh, focus because Atlanta economy is doing really well right now. Georgia in general, it's a lot of growth and that city is doing well. So that's what you want where you want your banks to be in doing business because they're lending to the small businesses, the medium businesses, they're giving out the home mortgages, all of that. So I wanted to be in an area that was seeing the growth and that is the Southeast. This one does not pay a dividend. That's something to keep in mind because we all tend to think like, oh, it's a bank. Of course, I'm going to get a dividend. No dividend with this one. We do have three estimates on this bank, so that's always good. Not just one, we got three, and all are higher for 2019. They've already reported earnings for uh, fourth quarter of 2018. So we're already looking at 2019 and 2020 with this bank. Earnings expected to be up 26.9% in 2019, and another 12% in 2020 has a peg of just 0.5 because we've got that good earnings growth. PE is 13.6, in case you're wondering. And so far, year-to-date, because these shares were really beaten down at the end of 2018, they're up 15.4% year-to-date so far, as some of these financials, these smaller banks, have rebounded off those lows. So if you're looking around for a small-cap bank, this has the good rank. These estimates are moving higher. And we got double-digit earnings growth expected here. You're just not getting the dividend with this one. So that's Atlantic Capital Bank Shares, ACBI. Okay, then switching on to the transportation side, this is one I know I've talked about in the past. Kai International, it's C A I is the ticker. That's how you spell it. It's intermodal containers, rail cars, logistics worldwide. Um, this really has gotten beaten down on concerns about obviously the trade tensions, what's going on in China, slowdown in Europe, you know, recession fears in the U.S. That's going to hit. A company like this on the container side. But um we got that small market cap, 493 million. It's dirt cheap here. We have a peg of 0.76, so almost 8.8, let's just call it. PE is just six on this one. Market cap of 493 million. Did I say that already? I probably did. And no dividend on this one either. Some of these... Container companies do pay dividend. Kai is the one that does not. It looks like it's going to be reporting at any moment. So you might want to tune in, but there was nothing on their investor relations page saying, hey, we're reporting like tomorrow. So it's coming soon. It's going to be here in February, probably when they report earnings again. So for 2019, there's three estimates on this stock. So that's pretty good. And they're looking for almost 10% earnings growth in 2019. That's why I got the good peg. Um, So this is one to tune in on though, because conditions can continually change on this one because of everything that's going on in the global economy. So definitely tune in on that one um, when they report. Okay, then switching on to our third stock. Now, this one is really a microcap, like for real. <laughs> they all are, but this one is a real microcap. So, its name is Intest, I N, and then capital T E S T. Intest Corporation. Ticker is I N T T. Now, I wasn't kidding when I said microcap because they have a market cap of just 74 million. That's really small. 36,000 shares uh, trade hands on average volume daily. So it's not so bad for the stock, but this is also one under $10. It's going to be very volatile. It's currently trading at $7.16 or so. Um, No dividend on this one. Year to date, these shares are up 16.8%. And, um, again, dirt cheap, its PE is about 7, and it has a peg of 0.7. And that's because the estimates, we have two estimates on this company. So, again, that's better than just having one. I am surprised with that, micro, with that market cap and it being so small that we have two estimates, but we do. And for 2018, estimates are expected to be up 19%. 2019, they're showing right now down 3.8, so that's something to watch that could be a little bit of a value trap situation in there. And then when I look to see what they did, what industry they're in, um, I wasn't really surprised that maybe 2019 might not be quite as good because they said on their site, they design and make engineered solutions for automated test equipment and then it says products are used by the semiconductor makers, but also food and beverage, auto, aerospace, a whole bunch of other industries. But as soon as I saw semiconductor makers, <laughs> then I knew, well, who are their customers going to be? All the big semiconductor companies. They are global even though they are small and they have um, sales offices in both Singapore and Germany. So if their customers are seeing a slowdown and less demand on the semiconductor side, then it's not surprising that earnings expected to be down 3.8% in 2019. But this is a cheap one like the semiconductors. So you should definitely keep this on your list. They haven't reported yet. Like I said, they're reporting it looks like in March. So be on the lookout for that. And again, shares up big to start the year, up almost 17%. That's Intest Corporation, I-N-T-T. Okay, then switching over to retail. You knew I had to have at least one retailer in here, right? This is a surprising one. I haven't talked about it in a long time. Lumber liquidators. Ticker is LL. I used to follow this one quite diligently and listened in on nearly every conference call for at least a year, if not longer, after they had that PR disaster where they had the flooring coming from China that had the formaldehyde on it or whatever that was. And then they had to yank it. They pulled it all off the shelves. They didn't sell any of that ever again. (laughs) But the PR piece that was on 60 Minutes really just crushed the stock stock down. It's been a couple of years of trying to recover from that. They are the largest specialty retailer of flooring in America, including like tiling and other things. But they have 413 stores now and they've been opening up this expanded fort format with like bigger showcases in there. And that apparently has been working pretty well. Now they haven't reported yet either. They're reporting fourth quarter in late February. So we're still waiting on that. Um, They have a 320 million market cap. So they do fit into our micro cap kind of a scenario here. No dividend again. Um, The PE is actually quite high. And then you're like, what? What's going on here? How can the PE be that high? But the peg is low. PE is 24 So it doesn't fit the normal classic value situation with that PE, but the PEG is just 0.9. So it does have the PE or the PEG that we're looking for. And then when I took a look at why that is, so in 2018, um, earnings estimates are up 141%. So that's why with the high PE, you knew that you had to have the high growth to counter it, to get that peg. And we did, or we are going to have it 141%. They saw loss of $1.33 a share in 2017, but expected to see a gain of 55 cents in 2018. Um, And then 2019, a little bit of a decline right now, expecting just uh, $0.46 in 2019. So that's a decline um, compared to this year when they are at $0.55. It's 16.8% decline. So got to look at the value trap issues on that one too, but they haven't reported yet. So that could all change. Could be much better than expected. The outlook could be much better. With these retailers, you really got to watch these earnings reports. So that's Lumber Liquidators, ticker LL. And then to wrap it up, this is a company we've talked about in the past. It's been cheap in the past. The shares are still soaring. I, I don't know if anyone bought it the last time we talked about it here on the Value Investor Podcast, because it has like a, a nondescript name and it's in an area that nobody really pays that much attention to. But the company is PCM Inc., And the ticker is PCMI. And they are a multi vendor provider of tech solutions to customers. It's one of those like tech solution guys. So they provide um, tech solutions by all the big name brands, Apple, Adobe, Cisco, Dell, Hewlett Packard. And they go in there for the customers and are like, this is what you need. Here's how we set up your network, you know, and then they put it all together and get it to them. So this kind of company market cap of 382 million, no dividend again. They just reported earnings on February 6th. So we already know what they've done. They had a record fourth quarter. Sales were up 4%. Gross profit, though, up 6%. And they had big cash flow, big, big, big cash flow. And they used it to pay down the debt because I thought, well, are they doing share buybacks or a dividend or something like that? No, no to that stuff. They are paying down debt, which you got to like. You got to like seeing, um, especially in a small cap like this. So- Here's the story though, year to date, and we're in February. So year to date, they're up 78%. And then one year we have a return of, get this, 292%. So take that FANG, we don't need you, we can buy these value stocks, and the ironic thing is they're selling the FANG products, right? They are arranging these tech solutions for their customers using some of the FANG, various FANG products and big tech products. So this is just another example of you never know where you're going to find your winners and um, big winners in this case, and... You know, cheap isn't necessarily bad. This is an, an example of where the value stocks can outperform. Now, um, you're going to have to take a look at this one, but again, they did just report, so we already have that in. And again, they are still cheap, PE of 11.9, PEG of 0.6. So still on the cheap side, but just not as cheap as they were over the last year. So let's recap those stocks once again. Uh, If you're interested in those small cap um, S&P 600 ETF, because I do like going that route if you're just interested in a bucket of of the value small caps, that ticker for the ETF is SLYV. And then the stocks, we had a bank, Atlantic Capital Bank Shares, that ticker is ACBI. Then we had CAI, which is the intermodal container company. CAI is the ticker. Intest Corporation, INTT, that's the real micro cap, just $74 market cap on that one. And then we had Lumber Liquidators. They haven't reported yet, so be on the lookout for that one. Ticker is LL on the retail side. And then the revenge stock on the fangs. PCM Inc. PCMI is the ticker there. So this is kind of fun. I like looking at these micro caps. I am surprised we were able to find some that had that rank, have the analyst estimates in there, and we're still under 500 million. So that's always encouraging. I'll have to do this episode again later on this year, but I'll be covering more on the small caps and a Been realizing I'm kind of ignoring the mid-caps, everybody ignores the mid-caps, but we shouldn't because those can be interesting too on the value side. So I'm going to be taking a look at those coming up in the next couple of episodes as well, but we're still getting these earnings reports in, so it's going to mess around with the PEs and the rank a lot. But it's always interesting on the value side. So don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe. I know a lot of you are over there on Spotify. Thanks for finding us on Spotify. But you can also get us on Apple Podcasts as a standalone show there. We're under the Value Investor Podcast on Apple. And then you can get us on SoundCloud along with Zach's Market Edge. So you'll get two podcasts for one over there. Um, but either way, make sure you get us somewhere because next week I'm gonna be—I'll ba- be back with some more value stacks.